This is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful and how they impact modern society and culture. Hey, Marketeers. The following episode is the first of our two-part interview with Alina Mazar of Fuse Create. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Are you as excited about this episode as I am? I am. Super excited. Why? It's going to be great. Welcome to the Two Marketeers, everyone. Uh, We have a special guest today. We do very special, very rare. It's very difficult for us to get over ourselves and invite others into the conversation. But this uh, this wonderful woman is our next guest, and it is Alina Mazar Kuzma. Welcome, Alina. Hi, Sean. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you guys? We're great. We're great. We're super excited you're here. We're embarrassingly excited, aren't we, Lindsay? Like. I'm trying to tone it down. Okay. So, all right. That makes three of us. That makes three of us. Alina's here. Be cool. Be cool. (laughs) I'm going to get right into it and I'm going to do the intro so all of you can know what needs to be known about Alina. Alina has grown up in the ever evolving advertising and marketing business. I get to say I knew her when. Today, she leads Fuse Create an independent Canadian creative agency right out of our hometown of Toronto. Uh Alina's passion for the business surrounds creative problem solving and working with incredibly smart and talented people. Not just the people she works with, but the people she works for, the clients, uh, the partners. On pretty impressive brands like CIBC, I've been wanting to do this. Ricola. You nailed it. You nailed it. Hilton. I mean, a lot of awards there. And Maple Leaf Foods. As Senior Vice President and Managing Director, she works closely with teams to create work that turns heads, fills us with pride, and makes an impact on the brand she works with. Also, because that's not enough, <laughs> Alina sits on the board of POCAM which is people of color in advertising and marketing, working to make the marketing industry a more inclusive space for people of color. Wow. Welcome, Alina. We are so honored and thrilled to have you with us today on The Two Marketeers. Thank you, Sean. Well done. Great intro. That is very impressive intro, Alina. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You guys are too kind. I, like I said, I knew Alina when she was just starting out in the world of accounts at a marketing on the marketing side of a marketing sales uh, agency, which was pretty big. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about our industry, about our industry is as big as it is. uh, It's also quite small. So, you know, we've kept in touch. We've been each other's fans on LinkedIn. And I have to say over the last few years, watching Alina's, I'll say it climb, but Alina's achievements and seeing how well she's done and how she's done it so confidently and, and really brought, I believe, marketing into, you know, toward in the direction that marketing needs to go. Um, so Alina and I had the opportunity to touch base about 
I was doing some qualitative research for a project I was working on. And I was like, Lindsay, we have to get this woman on. And Lindsay was familiar with her, but she's like, sure, let's talk. And we talked for about 10 minutes. And Lindsay's like, let's do this. I'm like, why are you wasting my time, Sean? I'm yes. blushing right now. You're be, you're being way <laughs> too nice to me. I'm really blushing. Um, but yeah, it's be, it's been amazing reconnecting, actually, because you're right. We did work together what feels like generations ago. And that's what I love about this business. It's so tiny actually when you think about it it's great to keep in touch with amazing folks like you guys well we'll be nice to you because we're typically very mean to each other so (laughs) (laughs) you can be mean to me too if you want but that's why we love you so alina tell us about let's start with just you tell us about what you do what does Alina do? Absolutely. Well, so um, like my beautiful bio that Sean Red said, I've been uh, in the agency world for my entire career. And uh, in the last eight years, I've been at Fuse Create. Uh, and my role at Fuse Create has been an evolving one. Um, I actually started my career in Experiential, which the two of you certainly know. That's when Sean and I worked together. And uh, eight years ago, I had the opportunity to come to Fuse, which was at the time, I would say more of like a below the line promo shopper CRM type agency. And they had a really amazing opportunity in the experiential space working with Mm -hmm. CIBC, who's been our client for 20 years. Uh, And I came along to help them build the division. And it was a super exciting opportunity because you know at the time i'd been working in account service for a long time i'd done a lot in beverage alcohol uh primarily in beverage alcohol uh, running some of our biggest brands and you know i was running a pretty large piece of business at another agency and this just felt like something totally different where it's not just about you know supporting brands and clients but learning how to build and grow a business which Mm. you know was something that doesn't fall into your lap often let's be real (laughs) so uh it came to me and i'm like okay you know i'm i'm a yes girl (laughs) which sometimes gets me into trouble um (laughs) i said yeah let's do it and came on board helped build and grow the experiential division uh and now fast forward eight years um i lead the agency which really means uh clients operations new business and and you know the everyday running of the business, which is right. people, wow. culture, you know, yeah. HR. It's hard to see all of the hats you're wearing in the tiny Zoom square we have here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of hats. But yeah. honestly, I love it. I love it. I'm I'm excited to go to work every day. It's such a dynamic. I mean, we're we're so lucky. We're in such a dynamic industry that gives us something new every day, and we work with exceptional people. And you know, my I do this in partnership with Steve Miller, who's our executive creative director. The two of us are partners in the business, and we run the business together. And so, uh, yeah, we're we're the agency. Knock on wood is doing great. There's about seventy of us these days. Wow. Uh, Queen and Ossington. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good, it's, it's doing amazing. For you out of towners, that's kind of the coolest area you could be in. Just saying. Technically the 14th coolest street in the world, Sean. Oh, really? That's right. Wow. Yeah. 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 It I is didn't a make very that up. Cool, that's a real thing. Yeah. Very cool spot. I also saw us uh, recently that you were hosting some concerts in the, on the main floor of your office, which was such a cool experience. 
Yeah, we were. It was our it's our twentieth year this year um, of being an indie, and so our we kind of gave it to the creative team and said, "What do you want to do? It's twenty years. What? Tell us what wow. you want to do." And we've got a lot of music lovers, so we came up with this with this creative concept called Indie AF. <laughs> um, and the cool idea and the idea was really supporting all other indies not just on our street, but indie music, indie beer, indie wine. And so we hosted these concerts with indie musicians who have like no following um, and gave them the opportunity to be a part of the music incubator, Canadian music incubator. Cool. Organization to help them get going and had our own, worked with Maverick Brewery for some fused beer, worked with Downtown Winery across the street from us on wine and hosted these awesome events. So. Yeah, I mean, we're big, that culture is big for us and supporting other indies is big. So we kind of brought that to life on our 20th year. Wow, the events that's... are still in your blood. Oh yeah, <laughs> it doesn't go away. It doesn't, it doesn't go, go away. away. It's an addiction. I think it's, uh, this is, it's so great. And I love, I mean, I don't know how many times you said experience. <laughs> Because that's what we're all about this season, right? Designing experiences. But before we get into that and the the true experience of, you know, what's it like, the experience of working where you work and and how did you get there? And I mean, you just told an amazing story that is a result of rebranding yourself. That's right. uh, Which I think people think goes the other way is, you know, you do all the stuff and then your brand is your story where really, Mm -hmm. as we all agree, you establish your brand really know to really decide and understand as a company as a group of people what it is and then you set and then you build that brand based on who you already are right um i think we call it story doing versus storytelling don't we Lindsay? yeah i like that we do um but i do want to just clarify because you know we've got a lot of fans from a lot of different disciplines can you just explain to people what exactly experiential marketing is or oh, what it absolutely. was, you know, in context with your story, because I believe it, that's really what's evolved, but what experiential was at the company we worked together at? Yeah, definitely. So experiential is really building one-to-one connections with consumers in real life. That's sort of the baseline of it. It's how it started. It helps build brand consideration, engagement, and ultimately, you know, drive some level of revenue for a client, whether it's, you know, through consideration or through conversion. And so when I started my career, it was really about those like one-to-one experiences at retail or at events or at bars um, or at, you know, festivals with consumers that brings a brand to life in front of them. Uh, And when we started at Fuse, that's what we were doing. We were working in a lot of sponsorship marketing. Um, We were working in, uh, you know, your traditional experiential get product in people's hands however possible uh and building those one-to-one connections and you know we've been you know in the eight years that i've been at fuse i think the business and the industry has evolved and experiential marketing has evolved where i remember when i first started and i'm sure the two of you remember this it was sort of the thing no one talked about and you just got money and you know, ad agencies didn't care what you were doing because you, you know, were that other agency in the room. Um, (laughs) But recently, you know, everybody really cares because it's so hard to stand out in today's environment and brands are really relying on these experiences to get 
you know, into bring people into their world versus mm-hmm. the transactional thing. It's really become, you know, a way to build emotional connections and build brand awareness and consideration in a way that breaks through. And so it, it felt like a really good time for us to take the agency, take our service offering, which was you know, really focus on one-to-one, right? Between shopper and promo and CRM and experiential, take all of those one-to-one sort of engagement building pieces of marketing and roll it into something bigger and more creative and more impactful so that we were evolving the way the industry is evolving. It was really, a lot of it was in response to how experiential has evolved to be this strategic channel where you bring consumers into your world um, Mm -hmm. and therefore you know drive to social drive to pr drive to media uh, and it's it's kind of the the role of experiential has really evolved in the marketing mix so uh, i think i answered your question in six million (laughs) you definitely did you definitely did and experiential is now only one part of what fuse does right that's right that's right so experiential is one of our pillars and we do it really well um however as a we're we're an integrated creative agency so we do everything from creative and advertising uh to social content we have our own content studio in-house um we do pr we have a great media team we actually do all of the media for maple leaf foods across all channels um and uh, all of the things that go around that so strategy obviously production uh, all of those auxiliary services so we're completely integrated and you know that was a big part of our development and as we changed to being a creative first agency we learned that there were a lot of brands in that sort of mid-size um challenger brand space that wanted to do brave interesting exciting work um but couldn't actually make their budgets work for it yes and so for us it was how do we provide it all in one place in an integrated fashion in a fast nimble agile entrepreneurial culture where we can work with those challenger brands and actually do that incredible head-turning work um and not let budget be the thing that holds us back from that Cool. Absolutely. I think a couple things about your story. It's so great. Um, so, you know, you, you said things like below the line, right? So for yeah. those who don't know, below the line means discretionary budget, small budgets, they have a little extra money. Um, the pressure when we were doing experiential, um, I was actually doing, Lindsay and I were focusing on the digital aspect of, of experiential, which was really new at the time. It was about offline to online. But to clarify, and if you can cringe if you want, but essentially mm-hmm. experiential meant event. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it was about having physical experiences, human physical experiences and interactions that you talked about in environments, controlled environments. Mm-hmm. So whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of, uh, you know, a music station pop-up at a, at a music festival, or if it was about beer, you know, beer tasting at some other festivals. The the whole premise was there's no comparing the human experience in the physical world and the That's impact right. that can have when you take the time to really understand the brand and figure out the best way to make 
a true impression, make a connection. And at the time, in the above the line sort of thing, which was big budgets, media, you know, and it was like, we have $5 million for media this year, what agency gets it? And that agency, that's money in the agency's sort of bank for them to work with. In our world, it was more around, okay, they've got a bit of money, uh, you know, enough to justify this. It's a great opportunity. So it was, a, I would say, a much more tactical because it had to be. The strategy just wasn't there. That's right. And at that time, when you, if you're saying you've been at Fuse for about eight years, God, that just seems like yesterday. Um, Lindsay and I talked about a few episodes ago about, you know, Lindsay gave this beautiful sort of description of what happened in marketing, you know, what, what, what changed? <laughs> and it was really related to, you know, how do creative and strategy work mm -hmm. together? You know, we talked about, they've always been kind of frenemies in our world and, and that is changing and it has to change. But that time was the time that Lindsay explained it perfectly where all of a sudden being creative and coming up with great ideas and selling them wasn't the job anymore. You also mm -hmm. had to show them, well, how did it perform? That's right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that was the sort of, you know, when data was becoming the thing, marketing became very data focused. The challenge on experiential was I can't, you can't prove ROI. I, this isn't, this isn't measured like traditional marketing. So I can't spend that much money if I can't justify it. You got it. Right. With that, you know, in context, what people understand is I think it was the perfect time, right, for you to say something fell on your lap. I'm sure it was less chance than that. But you had the opportunity to not only continue in, with something, but to actually have accountability and take part of building something new based on where you'd come from. So let's just talk about sort of, you know, how has it changed over those eight years? What have you seen from going like, you know, trying to pitch something to just get, get in the door to, mm -hmm. wow, clients now understand after the data and with everything that's evolved and the consumer experience. I mean, COVID alone, mm -hmm. I'm sure did a, a lot for you guys. Talk mm -hmm. a bit about your experience in evolving experiential. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we started, um, it was a new concept to evolve experiential. And I actually think, you know, I would argue that we're still struggling with it, to be honest, on the experiential side. I think it's easier. I think creative and advertising has evolved so much because of digital. I think media has evolved so much. PR has evolved so much. I think we're still struggling to evolve experiential, but we're forcing the evolution. <laughs> On our okay. And there's a few reasons why. I think when we started, um, when uh, when I started at Fuse and we started building Experiential, it really felt like a bit of a commodity, right? And Sean, to your point, it was, we have this budget left, we have samples that our sales team didn't give out, find a way to get it to consumers. So it was really commoditized and the ROI was based on, you know, a cost per sample or a cost per engagement. How many people can we get in front of for the lowest possible price? <laughs> and it is really hard to run a business that way, you know? And I think yeah. that was the big aha moment for me as I went from just running an account and trying to hit account dollars to right. now running a business and trying to justify resources. Um, in an in, in an integrated agency where 
the agency is seeing advertising money, right? Like we are getting creative projects. We are seeing advertising money. The margin expectations are really different from, you know, running a business at, at an experiential agency, which is used to shoestring budgets, right? And shoestring uh, opportunities to make money. It really forced me to think about, okay, how do we really add value to experiential? Because clearly there's a value issue here. We, yeah. we, for those of us who worked, grew up in the business, we see and we feel the connection you make with consumers when you have really great experiences. We can actually feel it and it's intangible. It's hard to measure really, because there is something powerful in those moments when you get it really right. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I think the, I think we had made the mistake as experiential marketers of completely undervaluing ourselves by, <laughs> you know, just constantly cost cutting, making our people work, you know, 80 hour weeks and not charging for it, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like just begging for business. And so the big change for us, honestly, was, and for me as someone running the business was how do we change the value exchange? Right. How do we create value with this amazing type of marketing that honestly, you know, at the time, Anomaly and John Street, you know, were selling experiential to guys like Labatt and selling it at advertising rates. Mm -hmm. And then after the creative is paid for, the experiential agency gets like 5% of the budget to actually make that come to life. Yeah. That was that's crazy talk, right? Like the thing that actually is going to impact consumers, you're totally undervaluing. And at the time you saw big ad agencies starting to get excited about the channel, selling amazing experiential ideas and making in creative dollars five times our hourly rate. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it was wild. And so that was really the turning point for us and sort of also corresponded with the turning point for the agency where the value in our industry is creativity. That's the thing that we have that clients don't, clients struggle with, they're in their own bubble. We can actually see things, you know, on a, from a consumer point of view, in a way real people see it and creativity is the thing that makes it different. And so mm -hmm. we made a fundamental switch to how we approached experiential to be more creative led and that came along with a switch in the agency, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but the, the switch to being creative led meant, okay, how are you more strategic, right? How do you prove ROI? How do you go to a client and say no to the type of business that doesn't service you? And so that meant having PR in-house, having social in-house, having media in-house so that the experience has a 360 measurement plan built in, you know, and a 360 yeah. data plan built into it. And then going to clients that are actually going to pay for that is also the key element. I think the big issue in the beginning around experiential was it was completely hard to differentiate, which is That's why right. they just started handing it out to any agency who could do it at the cheapest rate, because the thought was, well, who can't, who can pop up a booth, pop up the booth and give out the sample. How hard like, could it be? Right. Exactly. And then when you bring in something, I think everyone at that time was trying to figure out like, how do we differentiate? How do we show them that we can charge more? How do we show them that we should be chosen over others? And so this idea of layering creativity as a differentiator, I'm mm -hmm. sure that kind of led to a lot of your transformation around, well, also how do we prove the value of experiential, but how do you also prove the value of creative? 
right? right? So building all of those things around that process and output like measurement, like how it comes to life in social, like how it's talked about in PR, helps you prove the value of those things in combination to drive results for your clients. Yeah. And 100%. another thing, another thing is so telling in the way you, 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 in your narrative is, you know, it's that broken record conversation. I know I have with Lindsay a lot and a lot of people is that value and value exchange. It's not about compensation, right? It's not about mm -hmm. getting paid for your pain and your ridiculous efforts. The other thing is, I think there's that level, and I'm, I'm curious with you, is you, know, you said it was the perfect turning point. It was the perfect opportunity for the company. How much of it in your own mind, if you can go back there to say, it was actually a huge opportunity for you? Oh, yeah. Was there a level of frustration, healthy frustration or tension that made you go, enough of this, I need to go somewhere else and test some theories I think I have that yeah, to me manifested time. into what you're talking about today? Big time. I mean, I started I, I started at a really big agency similar to you guys. Then I then I worked at a smaller agency and experiential, but that was owned by a holding company. So, you know, margins are tight, you have no people, and it's like all about profit. And so for me, you're 100% right, I was at a point in my career where I was really thinking about what 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 do I want to do now? And I didn't really believe in what we were doing anymore. Okay. And I was, I'm a, I'm a really ambitious person. And so for me, it was okay. I have a lot of passion for this channel. I have a lot of passion for experiential and it's, it, I, we, I joked earlier that it's like, there's, it's addicting, but it is, it's like the feeling is there's an adrenaline and it, and it is addictive right. um, because you actually get to be, a, you know, I've worked in all forms of marketing at this point. When a TV commercial goes on air, I'm really the only person in my family that cares about it. And until I point <laughs> it out, I'm like, we did this. And my mom's like, oh my God. Let's She's like, you have a job. Look. Yeah. Don't ask her what it is. Don't ask her to explain to her friends what it is, yeah. but she's no, very she successful. Yeah, she won't be able to. She won't be able to. I think the first um, time my family realized I had a job was when they saw a TV commercial I'd worked on. Right? <laughs> wow, like, oh, okay. we get it now. Yeah, it's there. And that was a good 12 years in, I feel like, because I came from digital and yeah, no pharma, one sees anything. So not a lot no of TV time. Yeah. No, totally. Same here. <laughs> and so when they finally saw it, they got it. But when, it, when you're an experiential, when you're there, feeling it with people, you see people actually, you see your thing that was in your head come alive and you see people enjoying it. Like there's something really, you know, that, that connection, there's something intangible about it. But anyway, uh, when it comes to uh, how that, how I was feeling at the time, I really did feel like the industry was a bit broken. I felt like we were burning. I was burnt out. I felt like we were burning people out. I felt like we, there were some of the, in that industry, some of the smartest people I've ever worked with in my career to date yep. came from experiential. Cause honestly, you had to do everything, right? Like yeah. when I went to, when I went to Fuse and there was a production department, I was like, what do you mean? I don't have to figure out how to do this myself. Like, what are you talking about? Director production? But we just literally <laughs> had to do everything ourselves because we had no money. And so it was, I was certainly in a place where I was really frustrated. And, you know, I like the, I like the theory, uh, just, you know, if, 
if you're going to complain about it, try to do something about it, try to fix it. And um, I had the unique opportunity to do so. And honestly, partners, this is where I, you know, being at an independent and having business partners who have to be around as a Canadian independent at our size for 20 years is really, really, really hard. Remarkable. Really hard. Yeah. And to have this, and they've done it because they've transformed the business and they continue to transform the business. And when, uh, you know, I came in and probably two years in, I remember putting a deck in front of them and uh, saying, this is what we need to do now. This is the, from, you know, strategy 101, from this to this, right? What's the from to statement? Um, So I built this presentation for them and I pitched it to them and they just looked at me and said, yeah, this looks good. This sounds good. How much money do you need? And what are your goals? Go for it. And so uh, it was terrifying because that, that was new and but exciting and you know it really helped me get out of that funk of why are we doing this and being treated this way to let's be a part of the change this is so great let's talk a little bit about this change because your story what you just told us is i mean good on you right for taking initiative for thinking of it and literally positioning it as strategy because sometimes strategy can be a bit muddy <laughs> not the strategy itself but what strategy even is but clearly in the scenario you explained the culture existed as such mm-hmm. where you felt safe you felt empowered yeah. you had a voice and you had you had their trust and they had your trust mm-hmm. i think that's the perfect segue to talk about the rebranding of fuse or to fuse create let's just talk about that with the understanding of when you and I first talked, it, it essentially was a you were designing an experience. That's right. You were building a business based on designing the experience for the people who do it. A hundred percent. So we rebranded to Fuse Create three years ago um, in March 2020. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that sounds um, like such an easy time of place. year. Must have been a uh, walk in perfect. the park. What happened? The something happened. Something else happened. It wasn't Our the launch entire of world changed. Yeah, this entire world changed. <laughs> Why not change but, uh, the business? You know exactly. Why not just blow it up? And that is the end of part one. Be sure to tune in next time when we continue our conversation with Alina Mazar of Fuse Create. Until next time, marketeers. Patrick out. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.